0: Turn turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Now the, uh, during the week we heard, uh, We heard from a guy by the name of Levi Wyatt. Now, many of you have heard his father, Eddie, preach. Uh, Eddie Wyatt, I don't think, knows how to tell a sermon without an illustration. Brother Levi doesn't know how to tell a sermon and give an illustration, so that's nice. Uh, That's basically uh, how it goes, but um, there are only two preachers that I personally know that I listen to, and I, I just think this. I kind of hate you. Oh. Oh. Say, so why would you hate him? They see things in a way that I just never see. Brother Mark Thren is the other one. Right? He gets up and preaches and you're like, I mean, I see it now that you said it, but what in the world is that? That's Brother Levi. And uh, he preached on this passage uh, earlier in the week. So our teens have heard about this passage already, um, and those that were at camp, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something much different with it this morning, and uh, I couldn't get away from it. I, I had something else in mind. I've had multiple other messages in mind. I got working. I was literally finishing this this morning because I couldn't get away from it, but I was trying not to preach out of this spot because they just heard it. Uh, out of this spot. So I was I was like, "Lord, no, I don't want to and I but I couldn't get rid of it." I couldn't get rid of it. And so that we're here, all right? Luke chapter 15 verse number 11. I do apologize. I am going to read a lengthy passage. We're going all the way to the end of the chapter. I don't normally do that either. Normally, I would break it up, but we're going to read all of it this morning. In case you don't know this story, in case you don't know the parable that Jesus Christ is about to give. But he says this, in verse number 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, this, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave on to him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's house have of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and he, as he came and drew nigh to, nigh to the house, he heard the music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked of what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends." But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, and thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. This is one of the most amazing of the parables probably that Jesus Christ does in my opinion. Uh, But here he is in the chapter. You look back at verse number two and the Pharisees uh, here, they are not too thrilled with the Lord, right? They're looking at him and in verse two, they're going, this man receiveth sinners. I mean, how dare he be around sinners? He's supposed to be this great prophet and this great man and he's supposed to be holy. He's supposed to be this. He's supposed to be that, but he's received sinners. He lets sinners come up to him. He takes them in and he goes ahead and works with them and he gives them three parables back to back. First parable he gives them is there in verses 3 through 7, and you have the parable of the lost sheep. Who doesn't go and get their sheep? 99 that have stayed, but that one out of 100 left, they go and get the sheep and they bring them back. He says that lost silver coin, verse 8, 9, 10, If you got ten pieces of silver, she's going to go ahead and dig through that house until she finds it. And when she finds it, everybody's going to rejoice with her, just like they did when that sheep was lost, just like they did when that coin is lost. You got the lost son that comes home, the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. The Lord goes ahead and shows up, and he gets talking about it. And in this parable, is amazing to me, uh, is that he's really he's getting down to ultimately the Pharisees' problems there near the end, and we'll get to that eventually. But I find three main characters here in Luke chapter 15 when we get talking about the parable of the Son. I see three. There's the wicked, there's the wounded, and there's the wonderful. And this morning I'm going to preach the wicked, the wounded, and the wonderful. Wonderful. Now, if you're lost in here, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't know your sins are forgiven, you're lost and undone without hope, without God in this world. Who you are is you're a sinner in transgression against God. You are not His child. The world wants to go ahead and say, oh, the, you know, the brotherhood of man, the fatherhood of God, and we're all God's children. You're not. You're not. In fact, the Bible describes you as a child of wrath, a child of disobedience, and a child of the devil. Boy, that didn't sound very nice. I thought this was supposed to be loving right here. Uh, the truth is loving. Uh, the truth is you're not his child and the truth also is that he wants you to be though. He paid a great price at Calvary. Wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. You get to John chapter 1, verse number 12, But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You get to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You get to trust that Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures and that He was seen of Cephas, that of the twelve, and then of above five hundred brethren at once. The Lord came up from a grave that day to seal our victory. And He sealed it for you if you'd take it. It's asking Him to be your Savior. But until you ask Him to be your Savior, you aren't one of the family. But He'll gladly adopt you if you want it. He's a wonderful Savior. You'll find that out here in just a moment. But this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk to some saved folks that are sitting in this room. What's amazing is that we can look really good all the time. You go ahead and you're here at church on Sunday morning. You know what the world thinks of you? They think you're good. You know what other Christians may think of you? They may think that you're good. Well, I mean, they're showing up to church. They're dressed nice. They look nice. They're smiling. They're awake. They're, you know, they're at least looking up toward the guy who's talking a lot. It's really good. We're doing all right. Everything seems okay. You walk in, you got a smile on your face, you shook hands, you said hello to the people, you sat down, you sang some songs, and here we are, and everybody. But the truth is that your heart could be anywhere else but here. The prodigal on the inside doesn't have to be the prodigal on the outside quite yet. Because the prodigal is always a prodigal on the inside before he ever shows it up on the outside. And so, we're going to have a word of prayer, and I'm going to preach on the wicked, the wounded, and the wonderful this morning. And I'm going to have fun if you don't. That's just how it's going to be today. I'm excited about this one. So let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get started. Father, I thank you for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the price of my redemption. How unworthy we are to have our sins forgiven forever. And Father, if someone here this morning doesn't know that their sins are forgiven forever, I pray they would get that taken care of today. They can know today that it's taken care of forever. But Father, maybe you've got some folks in here who are thinking about a, going ahead and cashing in their chips and going ahead and going off into a world and deciding they're going to go ahead and do what they want to do instead of living in the Father's house any longer. Father, I pray it wouldn't be that way. Maybe there's some in here that are wounded and they look around and they say, everybody else gets away with it. Why can't I get away with it? Father, I pray each of us would go ahead and remember how wonderful of a father we have. And we'd stay close to the father's house this morning. And we'd stay close until we hear a trumpet sound. Father, I pray you get the praise, the honor and the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we are, and, and you automatically start the, chap, the this portion of Scripture off there in verse number 11. You've got a certain man, and you've got two sons. you got this man, he's got his two sons. And we're going to start with the younger. We're going to start with that wicked son. Say, so how do you know he's wicked? He's wicked because the first thing we find out about him is the younger says to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. What? You say, how long was that young man going to be gone for? Well, the elder brother's statement is that I stayed with you all these years. This guy's about to leave, and it could be years before he gets home. Just keep that in your mind here just for a moment. But the first thing he says is that means the father's going to be around for a while. This isn't, you're on your deathbed. Dad, give me me my portion. Make sure I'm in the will, okay, Dad? I'm, I'm getting my half, right? I'm getting my fair share. It wasn't even that. That's bad enough. People fighting over a person who's about to die and they're fighting over all their stuff. That's wicked. That's bad enough. But this guy, he's not even ready to die. He later runs out to meet this kid. Right? The dad, he's not ready to die. He's not on his death's door here knocking, waiting. This guy's still got plenty of time. Unless the Lord does something in the middle there and he dies in an accident or he dies of something else. But natural life, the, the dad doesn't seem like he's going to be dead and over with here in a minute. And this young kid shows up, and you know what he says? I want something. By the way, the way you turn into a prodigal is you just keep wanting stuff. I want. Give me. You know what the wicked son is? Number one, he's a wanting son. Give me. Doesn't that sound interesting? The horse leech hath two daughters crying, give, give. Some things are never satisfied. You know what? Those people that are never satisfied, you know what they are? They're getting ready to be a prodigal, I'll tell you that. They're the wicked son. God, why don't you keep giving me? Give me, give me, give me. I want it now. Why can't I have it now? Give it to me now. I don't want to wait for that. Give it to me now. I don't care if you're alive or dead. Just give it to me now. That's the attitude. That's where he starts. We're introduced to this young man and you know, what we find out about him. He just wants what he wants and it makes no difference about what the father feels about it. It makes no difference what the brother feels about it. It makes no difference what the servants think of him. It makes no difference what anybody else thinks. He goes, I want what I want. Give it to me now. That's the attitude of a world we live in right now. Give me, give me, give me. I deserve it. I'm worthy of it. I want it now. Because I've never learned that they that wait upon the Lord. I want, I want, I want. You say, why did he want it? He wanted it because he had a plan already. You realize this young man right here, if he wanted to eat anything in the in the in the fridge, go into the cabinets, go wherever he wanted to go on the property, he had servants galore all around him. You know what he was? He was the heir to the master. You don't think he wouldn't have been the one who was in charge of them? You don't think that they would have had to deal with what he needed? You don't think he had somebody taking care of his needs and doing all the things that needed to be done around him? You don't think the son wasn't well taken care of of the father at the house? Oh, well, he's perfectly well taken care of. He just kept looking out there, wanting a different place. The wanting son wanted his inheritance so he could go ahead and be the wayward son. There he is in verse number two, or verse number three, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. He was a wanting son and he was a wayward son. He was looking out there and you know what he was looking for? He goes, it's got to be better out there than it is in here. That's a narrow-minded, narrow-sighted person right there. Real short-sighted real short-sighted you know what they're doing i want it and now i can go where i want to go i can go all the places i want to go i can see all the sights i can do all the things this is going to be great and they leave and they go and they think it's going to be great because notice it's his journey it's what he wants still what he wants The wanting son gets to go on the the wayward journey that he wants to go on. And he goes down that road, and you know what he goes? He goes as far as he can go. He goes to a far country. You know what I think? I think he wants to go where nobody knows him. Get far enough away, nobody will know me, nobody will recognize me. So why do you think that? Well, the dad, he's probably pretty well known if he's got that much. That much substance. That much greatness that this young man could go and take half of the inheritance and go at his portion and leave and go to a far country and live there. That's a pretty good portion. That's a pretty good sizable inheritance he just gained. I'm pretty sure the dad would have been pretty well known. Say, what's he doing? He just wants to go out as far as he can so nobody knows, so nobody cares what he does. Isn't it funny? You, you ever notice you go out someplace or you're doing something? You're just kind of normal. You know, it happens to me every once in a while at, over at BJ's. Cheryl sneaks up on me or Donnie sneaks up on me. Somebody finds me, you know. You're over there, you know, you're just over at Tops. How many people do we see, right? Tim's over there working. We're all doing, you know, everybody. Oh, well, hey, hey. Everywhere you go, you turn around, you're at Walmart, you're at the store, you're getting gas, you're doing this, you're doing that. You just keep running into people that know you. You know what this young man didn't want? Anybody didn't know him. Why? Well, because then I won't tarnish my dad's reputation and nobody will come after me for being worse than I'm supposed to be. They don't know me as so-and-so's kid over there. I can do what I want. And nobody will judge me for it. Why do people go? They go so that they can go and be nameless and do what they want because that's what he's about to do. Verse 13, not only does he go ahead and be a wanting son, he's a wayward son and he's a wasteful son. They're wasted his substance with riotous living. He is wasteful. People who are walking out and become prodigals, you know what they do? They get real wasteful. They waste everything. They waste their time. They waste their money. They waste their talents. They waste, they, they waste their families. They waste their friends. They lay waste to the church that they leave behind. They waste it all. You notice he wasted all. When you go be a prodigal, you know what you'll be? You'll be somebody who wastes everything that they have. It won't be gains. It won't be wonderful things that you're bringing in. It'll be a waste. And people will look at you and you know what they'll do? They'll use whatever they can use and they'll go away when you're done spending on them. They'll waste it and waste it and they'll take everything from you and you'll just keep throwing it away and throwing it away and throwing it away and go, where'd everybody go when it's all gone? He wastes his substance with riotous living and you know what he becomes again? He becomes a wanting son again. He wastes all those things and all the things he thought was going to give him much better things and all the things he was going to go ahead and go ahead and get and gain and I'm going to have this great life now that I've got my inheritance, now that I've gotten what I've wanted and I've gone where I've wanted and I've got all the things and I've got these buddies that are around me and everybody's hanging out and we're just having a great time spending and just going and woo! And now he begins to be in want. You know what that tells me? Getting what you want and going wayfaring wherever you want and doing all the things and wasting whatever you want will not get you what you want. It leaves you wanting again. And it's a famine. And he's looking around and he's going, what am I going to do? Well, then he has to go to work. And he's got to work some lousy jobs that he'd never have to do if he were back at the father's house. And the working son now has to figure out what he's going to do to be able to eat. And he's ready to eat the husks that the pigs are eating. I don't know if you've ever seen pig slop, but that looks gross. There's a reason it's called slop. And if that starts looking appetizing to you, you are in a famine. You're awfully hungry. And this man is awfully hungry. He's wanting. He is wanting and he is desperate. Verse 17. And when he came to himself, he's a woken son. Now he's not woke. Bless God. get me all over on that we're going to close that door real quick okay but he's woken the light bulbs come on he's finally looking around going what am I doing here If he'd had the light bulb come on about the time he thought about saying the words, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, Dad. He would never have made it all the way to a hog pen. If he would have figured out that the want at the house was not the want that the Father should give, but instead... The want was just the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of disobedience and go in the wrong direction. And he would have recognized the fact that his flesh was longing for some things. You know what he never would have done? He could have put that down and then said, I don't have to leave the father's house. That's just those things. I'll go ahead and take pleasure in the things of my father. But now he's sitting down there and he's starving he's still in want and he's finally realized what in the world am I doing here why am I living like this why 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 am I sitting here in the most disgusting place he could possibly have found wanting to eat the worst things he could possibly want to eat When he knows that back at the father's house, they have bread to eat and to spare. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, isn't there a famine everywhere? Doesn't matter if there was a famine everywhere, you know what that young man knew? Dad knows how to take care of things. And even the servants are eating better than I'm eating. And they've got food to spare back at the father's house. He's a wanting son, but he's a woken son. And now you know what he is? He's a wise son. Doesn't look very wise to me sitting down in the mud with the pigs. Doesn't look real wise to me sitting there looking like an idiot. Feeling like an idiot. Sitting there thinking, I know better than to be here. But you know what he's got? He's got more wisdom than most prodigals do. What is that? I know what I'll do. He gained some real quick wisdom. You say, what is that? I know what I can do. I can always get back to my father's house. He had enough wisdom to go, hey, you know, at least there I can have bread to eat and I can stop living with these stupid hogs and I can stop working for this awful taskmaster, the devil in my flesh. I can stop servant to somebody who will treat me good got more wisdom than a whole bunch of Christians I've known who think it's always better in a far country he's a wise enough son to recognize the father's house is better than a hog pen he's finally got enough wisdom to realize that it's always better at the father's house not wasting my substance with my riotous living He's finally figured out that the things that I wanted before are not going to fulfill anything. And no matter what I try and grab, and no matter what I try to gain, no matter what I try to hold on to, it's all going to fall apart in my hands. If God isn't in it, I'm going to have to go back to the Father's house to get any blessings I really want. Oh, he may look the fool right there sitting down looking around, not sure what to do, but he's finally woken up and he said, hey, you know what? I got some wisdom now. I'm going to go to my Father's house. Not only that, but he was a willing son. You know, some people, they go, you know, I know God has enough for me. I know he's enough, and I know he can forgive me, and I know he can fix it, and I know he can do all those things, but I'm just not quite done They've got the wisdom to know God can fix it and God can take care of it. And if they'd go home, they'd have bread to eat. If they'd go home, God could meet the need. If they would go home, God could go ahead and fix the troubles and the problems. But you know what? They're unwilling to go. Because they're unwilling to humble themselves and say, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy. They refuse. They're unwilling. They're unwilling to say, you know what? I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to be a son. I don't deserve a fatted calf and a party thrown when I get home. Everybody expects that, well, if, if I get right, everybody's got to cheer me on. No, they don't. You don't deserve that. You were the prodigal who went out the doors, asked for your inheritance early so you could waste it all in a world and then you turn around and come back and go, why didn't everybody welcome me the way I should be welcomed? By the way, Old Testament, they should have stoned this kid with stones. How's that for a welcome? You say, oh, well, the Father, the Father's always great. We'll get to Him in a moment. But you realize you don't deserve the goodness that anybody gives you. Now, I'll get to how you ought to be treated. And I don't think you ought to be stoned. But the same token, why is it you expect you ought to be praised for all the mistakes you made? That's not the prodigal attitude. The real prodigal attitude is, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. I'm going to fall down on my face and beg that you'd forgive me and take me back. And make me just a servant. I don't need to be a son. I don't need to be anybody special. I don't need to be wonderful. I don't need to be adored. Just go ahead and stuff me off in a corner somewhere. Let me get a piece of bread and let me serve you for the rest of my life. And I'll be quiet and content. But too many people aren't willing to say that. This young man was willing to. I will arise he says in verse number 18 and verse number 20 and he arose he was willing to go he was willing to show up at the father's house and say I don't care what you tell me I don't care what you do to me but if you'd be willing to take me into the house I'll take it whatever I am I'll take it whatever the punishment is I'll take the punishment whatever needs to be done that's what I'll do If you tell me i got to scrub toilets for the rest of my life, I'll scrub toilets the rest of my life, God, if you just let me come back. If all I can do is go ahead and hold a door open and let some people into a building, if that's all I can do, then that's what I'll do. If all I can do is stand out on a street corner, just pass out a gospel track every once in a while, that's what I'll do if that's all I can do. If I could just be in the Father's house. He gets to verse twenty, and he says, and he arose, and he came to the fa- his father. He had a great way off. His father saw him. Whew. I'm not preaching on the father yet. We're going to get to the father last. I like the wonderful last, so I'm leaving him for last. But you realize the prodigal is welcomed of the father. He's a welcomed son. He starts that speech, right? Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy servants. The father's like, hey, servants, come give my son a robe. He's like, you don't, no, there's no, there's no finish in that statement. My son was lost and he's found. My kid's come home. Guess what? He doesn't get treated like a servant. He gets treated like my son because he's come home. We're going to rejoice. He's come home. Let's go ahead and throw a party. Let's go ahead and do all these things. Brother, Brother Levi was preaching. Whew, man, He was preaching about this young man. You know what he's doing? He's, he's talking about him. He's, he's talking. He's going, you know, he wanted his inheritance early and he shouldn't have. And he wasted his substance and he shouldn't have. And he went off into the world and he shouldn't have. And he got... Spent down and got put down in a hog pen and he shouldn't have. And he has to go ahead and call upon God and come back home to his father's house and he shouldn't have. And then he got to the father and he says, and there the father sees him and he shouldn't have. And he runs to him and he shouldn't have. And he fell on his neck and he kissed him and he shouldn't have. And he grabs that robe and he gives him a robe and he shouldn't have. He put a ring on his finger and he shouldn't have. And he killed a fatted calf and he shouldn't have. And he threw him a party and you know what? He shouldn't have. But he did. The son gets welcomed home with the arms of a wonderful, loving father. And let's face it. We shouldn't be able to come home so easy. But a wonderful father makes it so easy. Well, that covers the wicked. All W's this morning, just for you taking notes. We got a pile of W's. The wicked son, he was a wanting son, a wayward son, a wasteful son, another went back to being a wanting son, and then he was a working son, and a woken son, and a wise son, and a willing son, and praise the Lord, he's a welcomed son. But then there's the wounded son down there in verse number twenty five. The elder brother. The younger one, he cries out and he wants what he wants. The elder brothers here in verse number 25. Now, the elders, his elder son was in the field. He says in verse number 29, To his father, lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. You know what he was? He was the worthy son. By all intents and purposes, he, was, he looked like he was the one who was worthy of all the inheritance. You look these two kids over, and if you were to pick, if you had to choose between one or the other, you know what you'd say? Elder son deserves everything. That younger son and little whippersnapper that he is, he deserves to get out, and he doesn't, he doesn't deserve a thing. I mean, he looks worthy. Isn't that that in contrast to what the prodigal said on his way home? I am no more worthy to be called thy son. You know what this kid is? The wounded son, you know what he is? He's going, I'm worthy. I'm worthy of a party. I'm worthy of all the things. I am worthy of all of this stuff. Aren't I worth it? Don't I deserve it? He feels he's worthy. You know what he is? He's working. He's the working son. He's in the field when the prodigal comes home. When the wicked son comes home, this guy's still working. He's still putting his nine to five out there in the field, and he's coming home, and you know what he's hearing? A party going on, and nobody told me. Oh, we're getting there. Oh, we're getting there. In verse number 26, he calls one of the servants and asks what these things meant. He's a wondering servant. That's not a bad thing. What's going on? What's going on? You know what's sad sometimes? Sometimes the elder brother is clueless to the realities of what's going on. I don't mean this to sound terrible. But it's true. I grew up in church. So this is not me talking down to somebody and telling you how awful you are. I grew up in church. I've had that same attitude. I've, I've done this the same way. And the truth is, sometimes when you grow up in church, you don't understand anything going on in the hog pen of a world because you've never seen any of it. You've had the blessing of being in the Father's house You just get to hear all the stories of those things. Now I'm going somewhere with that here in just a moment. You say, what's his problem? His problem is, verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. He's the wrathful son. He's got a problem with anger. why has he got a problem with anger? Most anger, you know where that stems from? Jealousy. You see it in the rest of the passage, right? You never killed the fatted calf for me. Never threw a party for me and my friends. You never did these things for me. You know what the kid is? The elder brother, he's jealous. He looks over and he goes, you know what? He got to go have all that fun. That's what he thinks. He got to go have all that fun and I stayed here at the father's house and I didn't get all the blessings that he's getting right now. Jealousy. So I'd never think that. Yes, you do. You're jealous they got away with it and you didn't. They're jealous. You're jealous God let them get out there and then brought them back and they've got some things that you didn't get. And you can't understand why God would take care of them. And why would God, God, why would you put a robe back on him? And why would you give him a ring? And why would you throw him a party with a fatted calf? Why would you do all those things and I don't get those things? And God's looking around going, everything I have is yours. You want a fatted calf? We'll kill a fatted calf. It's yours. You want big steaks? We got big steaks, man. Let's cook them. you forget that all the blessings are already yours. The blessings of God are available to anybody who would be willing to stay in the Father's house. But we get jealous because we look over and we go, well, God, why are you blessing them? They messed everything up. And God goes, yeah, but I got to let them know that I still love them. We'll get to that wonderful Father here in a moment. I keep giving you little pieces of him. He's so great. He's hard to miss. He's going, i got to make sure they understand I still love them. Even though they messed it all up and they don't deserve it. But you know, the problem becomes that the wounded son, he's wounded because he's hurt by the fact that the son's come home. He's got all this stuff and he's stuck over here thinking that he's not included. Thinking that the blessings aren't really his thinking that it's all oh it's all about him it's all about him oh everybody's always so happy when somebody comes back he'll probably be just like everybody else he's going to leave again and i'm going to be here and i'm just going to be here and i'm going to be faithful and nobody even cares so how do you know that i'm a church kid <laughs> i know how you think You think they're going to go away again and then they're going to get to come back and everybody's going to celebrate that they showed back up. I'm not going to celebrate. I'm not killing another fatted calf for that loser. That's what you're thinking. Why do we keep throwing parties? They don't deserve it. He becomes the wanting son. Uh Uh-oh. Say, what's the problem? He's becoming more like his younger brother than he ever wants to realize. He's looking at everybody else's stuff and the way God blesses them and how I know all the mistakes that they've made and I know all the things that they've done and I know how terrible that person is and they still got a blessing and they don't deserve it and bless God, I deserve it and I think I ought to and we get mad and upset and angry. You know what you're about to be? You're about to be the prodigal because you became the wanting son. And that's where the prodigal always starts. How come you didn't give it to me? That starts rising up. Elder brother, you know what you better put down? The same thing the younger brother was supposed to put down there at the beginning. That flesh and that desire and those things. You know what that is? That's your flesh just crying out. That's pride. That's your old father. That's your old master. That's the old one. He's king over all the children of pride. And that pride starts welling up in you. And how come I don't have it? And how come they got it? And how come I didn't get it? And God's going, no, 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 no. All that I have is thine. There's nothing I don't have. I'd give you anything if you needed it. Well, how come I don't get the party? You don't need the party. You don't need the party. So why does the prodigal need the party? They don't have anything else. I'm going to say that again. Why does the prodigal need the party? Because they don't have anything else. Their inheritance is, is gone. They wasted it. The blessings are just extra that he's going to give them so they sustain themselves. But for you, all that I have is thine. It's never better to be the prodigal. You get one party, I get inheritance for the rest of my life. Those aren't comparative, you realize that? But both of them, when they start getting wanting, it's my need, it's what I want now. How come I didn't get a fatted calf now? How come he has it now? I want my inheritance now. The wanting son is always going to get himself in trouble. Christian, you better quit looking around at everybody else's stuff. You better quit looking around at a world and all the stuff. You better quit focusing on all of that other stuff. You say, why? Because it's going to make you a prodigal. Instead, you know what you ought to do? Here we go. You better look at a wonderful father. You got a wicked son, you got a wounded son, but praise God for a wonderful father. The first thing you find out about him is he's a wealthy father. (laughs) He's got so much money his kids could ask for their inheritance today. He wouldn't have to go cash in everything in the world. You know what he said? He said, okay. He's a wealthy man. You know your father? He's a wealthy man. He's, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. There's not one thing that he can't purchase if he wanted to. By the way, he doesn't have to pay for anything if he didn't want to. He owns it all. He's just gracious enough to go ahead and pay for it anyways. You know what he is? He's the God who created the universe. And all that in them is. And he says, hey, you know what? You're my kid if you trust me. He adopted you as his son. You know what he says? I've got all the wealth of the universe. Prove me and see that I cannot open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Go ahead and find out if he doesn't have money to back up what he says. He's always got money to back it up. And room to spare if he really wanted to. But you know what he is? He's also a willing father. Verse number 12, he was willing to divide the substance. That's a little scary, by the way. Sometimes he'll grant your request and send leanness in your soul. You know what he's willing to do? You keep asking, you know what he may do? He may say, okay, I'm willing to do that for you. You can go ahead and be a prodigal. But it's going to cost you. He's willing to let a prodigal go be a prodigal. That's scary. Some of you parents may need to learn you've got to let a prodigal be a prodigal sometimes until they get to a hog pen, they don't figure out that they need to come home. But you know what he was? You Get down to verse number 20. He's a watchful father. You don't see somebody coming from afar off if you're not looking. And he's watching and he's looking and he's looking for all of his prodigals to come home. He's so wonderful that he stands there day in and day out just looking and waiting. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? come? And he sees him. And he sees him afar off. Not only is he a watchful father, he is a welcoming father. He runs down to meet his boy before he ever makes it to the house. That's a wonderful picture, to draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh unto you. You know, you get thinking about David and Goliath. I like this one. I like this thought. Who's bigger, David or Goliath? I'm just checking to make sure you're awake still. I'll ask it again. Who's bigger, David or Goliath? All right, praise the Lord we're all awake. All right. I thought I was losing everybody. I thought you're all sleeping with your eyes open. Okay. All right. Ooh. Who's got longer legs, David or Goliath? Goliath. All right. Who's, got, who's quicker, you or God? God? God is. You know who ran to meet Goliath in a battle? David, David ran. Why didn't he make Goliath come to him? Because he was ready to fight. Goliath wasn't ready yet. You know what God does? He sees you take your first step and he's always ready. He sees you move and boom, he's right there. He's like, oh, I'm already here. You're like, I didn't even get to take a whole step. And he's like, I know. I saw you turn. I saw you wanted to repent. Oh, you want to come home? So you know what I said? I'll be there. Whew. Whew. He reaches around, grabs you, pulls you right in. Kisses you. And you start saying all the things you want to say, and he's like, don't worry about it. Forgiven. 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 It's all over with, it's forgiven. We're done, it's forgiven. Somebody give me a robe, this kid's dirty. He doesn't look like my boy right now. Let's clean him up, let's put a better robe on it. I got a robe of righteousness laying around somewhere, somebody grab that for him. I got a ring. Let's go ahead, get a ring on his finger. He needs something to show he's my boy. Make sure he's got the right signet on there so he can go ahead and get sealed with the Holy Spirit. Make sure that Holy Spirit seal's all cleaned out. Everybody knows he's my boy. Yeah. Yeah, there he is. Now he's looking a lot better. Okay, you know what we need? Oh, I'm pretty excited. We better get a party going on. We gotta find a fat cow and kill it. I'm thinking steaks let's go ahead and get married why because my son was dead and he's alive by the way nobody knows how to welcome somebody better than my father does he always throws the best parties and for the record he doesn't need alcohol to do it He's always throwing the best parties. And he'll rejoice gladly. He'll rejoice gladly over any prodigal that welcomes home. So what about that other brother? That other brother who's wanting. That other brother who's starting to go toward the prodigal side. You know what he says? he's a wooing father does that mean he starts calling to him he invites him, verse 28 he invites him back into the party he says hey I see you're out here unhappy about some things what's wrong come on in your brother's alive he's home come on in you know what God wants? Prodigal. You know what He wants? Elder brother who's decided to stay home and look down at everybody else. You know what He's calling for you? He's going, "Hey, I want you to come be part of the family still." He's calling, "Hey, just come on in be part of the family. We're still a family. We're still a fa- I know they messed up, but there's forgiveness. The Father's already given it. Would you be willing to give it, elder brother? Say, what do they need? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Because you know what the Lord wants to do? You know what the Father wants to do? He becomes, verse 31 and 32, He becomes the welcoming Father to the elder brother. Son, thou art ever with me. Son, I know you're going nowhere. I know you're not going to forsake me. I know you're not going to leave me. I know you're standing with me. I know all the things you've done. I've seen you day in and day out going out to the field and taking care of this and taking care of that and fixing that stuff. I'm not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love and how that you minister to the saints and do minister. I'm writing it down in a book. I know all the great things you've ever done for me. I'll reward my servants well. I'll reward my children better than anybody's ever been rewarded. If you would just go ahead and come on in and party with us. Because all that I have is nine. I've got everything, and you get to have everything. But not if you turn into a prodigal. That's the problem. You'll turn into the prodigal if you stay a wanting man. You know what you'll become? You'll become a prodigal. Because you'll always keep wanting. And you'll never recognize that it's better at the father's house. And your brother who was the prodigal has now become wiser than you because he knows what's out there and he already knows it's better in the father's house. He's figured it out. By the way, slide this in because I get frustrated with this. You never have to go be a prodigal to know that it's better in the Father's house. You don't have to do that. You go ahead and take the word of too many people who have gone out there and figured it out, turned around had to come back and say, I, well, I'm sorry, I've sinned against heaven before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. We got plenty of those stories. I wish we had more elder brothers who stayed home and recognized very quickly that they could be a prodigal and said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and forgive, and I'm going to stay tight with the family. And instead, I'll go ahead and make merry and be glad that my brother's come home. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. He's a wonderful father. Maybe you've gone away. You're here this morning, but you're gone away. You've got all those things out there and you've been wanting it and wanting it and wanting it and going and thinking about it and you've been playing around trying to figure out how to get it and you're trying to go get my inheritance now so I can go and do what I want. Well, maybe you haven't left the Father's house yet. Maybe it's a good time to go. God, I'm going to get wise right now and understand there's nothing better out there. It's always better in the Father's house. It's always better to stay close to the Father. He can meet my need every time. All that I have is thine. All that I have. You say, I've seen it all before. Don't get so hard that God can't go ahead and bless somebody else because you feel like they aren't good enough to receive the blessings of God. I want you to know something else. The elder brother... All that I have is thine. God's going to give him everything, and he shouldn't have. I want you to understand very quickly whether you're an elder brother or a prodigal, I want you to understand real quickly you don't deserve anything in the Father's house, but he wants to give you everything in the Father's house. What a wonder! If you're in here this morning and you're lost, God wants you to be part of his family. He wants to adopt you as a son, as a daughter. He wants to be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. If you'd be willing to come, he'd be willing to save. Let us open a Bible and show you out of the Bible how you can know your sins are forgiven forever. If you don't know 100% sure you're going to go to heaven if you were to die today, Let us open a Bible and show you how you can be sure. You can know it today if you'd let us. Father, I do pray you would bless the invitation now. Working hearts, and Father, we love you. We do thank you for being so wonderful to us. Thank you. Thank you for being so gracious. And Lord, I pray if someone here does not know Jesus Christ, I pray they would. They'd know Him today in Jesus' name. Amen.